This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out again to the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry industry, and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. My name is Donnie Felton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which owns both Triangle Pest Control as well as Triangle Lawn Care, as well as the CEO of uh, Comarch, which offers digital marketing and sales services for the home services industry, specifically in pest and lawn. And with me, as always, is my colleague and esteemed friend, Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say hello? I would. Hello, Donnie. Hello, everyone. Uh, Dan Gordon, PCO bookkeepers, PCO M&A specialists, and Turf Books. Uh, outsource CFO work uh, for the tr- uh, for both uh, pest and lawn and uh, exit planning services, as everybody knows. And uh, let's go. I'm very excited about today. Yeah, uh, Dan, I could not be more excited uh, for our podcast today. It's probably one of the probably one of the ones that I've been most excited about doing. And today our topic is from chaos to consistency. And we have one of my biggest heroes here, uh, Mr. Michael E. Gerber, the author of The E-Myth. And you know, one of the things I want to say is it's kind of surreal because, uh, Michael, before I fully introduce you here, I remember when I started my business, I literally would drive. You know, In a previous life, I flew aircraft in the reserves, and I would fly once a week, and it was an hour and a half drive to the base. And I must have listened to E-Myth at least 10 times over when I first started my business because I was just getting my butt kicked and I was learning things the hard way. And I, I had memorized the story. I memorized the principles. And so it's just kind of really cool to have you here on the podcast. But, but before I let you jump in here, one of the things I would say is if you don't know who Michael Berger is and if you've not read the book, please do so. Um, it's not an exaggeration to say that Michael has revolutionized what it means to be a successful entrepreneur. Uh, and I can tell you that he's had a big influence on, on my uh, business sense, as well as how I have structured my business. Uh, Inc. Magazine, Inc. Magazine calls Michael the world's number one small business guru. Um, and he is absolutely a thought leader when it comes to small business. And he is a not only impacted my and Dan's lives, but the lives of millions of small business owners all over the world for over four years. Um, if you've not figured it out, he's also the author of the mega bestseller, The E-Myth Revisited, along with other 19 other industry-specific E-Myth verticals, who, which these books are essentially the E-Myth co-authored with industry experts. Uh, and he also has an online educational platform called Radical U, which he calls a trade school for entrepreneurs. So with that, Michael, welcome to the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. It's great to have you. Thank you, Donnie. Thank you, Dan. A delight to be here. Oh, we are so excited. So first and foremost, as Donnie said, if you haven't read or listened to E-Myth, make sure that you read it and then come back again and listen to this episode. So um, uh, we're going to go under the assumption that most people have and understand the, uh, the premise of the book. Um, a brief synopsis of the book for those who haven't is that there is a woman and her name is Sarah and Sarah is a great pie baker and she was so good at baking pies that she decided to go into business baking pies and uh, her skill set as she quickly found out was not being a business person but rather being a pie baker which used to be a, a labor of love and became a chore and the book takes Sarah on a journey from being a pie baker to running a bakery from 
all managerial aspects and most entrepreneurs. It is one of the most important books that you'll ever read. I know I've read it at least 10 times and it was one of the first books that I ever read. Um, and you know, my journey in business really started with the e-myths. So very, very uh, uh, excited to be here. So, so Michael, can you explain um, or define the e-myth or the entrepreneurial myth and the difference between a technician and a manager and the entrepreneur. But first of all, can I begin this conversation with a question? You bet. Sure. What's taken you so long to reach out to me? <laughs> <laughs> you, ah. You've effectively read my books, read my books, read my books, read my books, done the work, done the work, done the work, and yet you've never spoken to me. And all um, the, we, we, we figured that you were such a high-flying rock star, you'd never take the time yeah. to talk to the little guy here in Raleigh, you know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, delighted that, I'm delighted that we're doing that now. So that, let me get to the thesis of the e-myth, which essentially is core to the principle of operating a company and growing it from what I call a company of one to a company of 1,000. Unfortunately, very, very, very few small companies will ever grow beyond a company of one or two or three or four, uh, a couple of folks. And a couple of folks are pretty much doing what you all know they do, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, busy, 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 knocking their brains out every day, being the chief cook and bottle washer uh, of their business, whether that be lawn care, whether that be pet control, what, whatever it might be. It, it's the very same thing that happens all the, all the time. Um, the e-myth simply states that something has to dramatically change if in fact a small business is going to become a growing company. And that's something that has to change is the person who owns the business. In short, that Sarah that you discussed in, um, the technician suffering from what I call an entrepreneurial seizure decides to go into business doing what she loves to do. She's a baker of pies. She decides to open a pie baking business, a pie shop. She goes into the business of producing pies differently, one would hope, than the way she did it as a baker of pies. And the difference is legion. So the e-myth describes how to approach that difference, how to wear the hat of an owner, how to wear the hat of an entrepreneur, how to wear the hat of a creator, rather than a technician suffering from an entrepreneurial seizure, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, busy, 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 busy. It's the thesis of all my books. It addresses it every vertical market. It's interesting you say that because I will tell you, Michael, this is exactly the vast majority and dan you're welcome to disagree with me here but this is absolutely the vast majority of the owners in both the pest and lawn industries you know when you talk about the entrepreneurial seizure let me just define that i don't want to insult my entire client base but you're probably right i am not <laughs> insulting them i'm just telling you the, the entrepreneurial procedure is and, and by the way the book articulates this way better than i'm getting ready to do it but you know essentially it's a technician who is really really good at their job and they're like you know what I'm smarter than my boss at this, and I'm really good at it, and I'm better than my boss, so I'm gonna I'm gonna strike out and do it on my own. And so what happens is, is that now you have a technician who had this entrepreneurial 
you know, New Jersey calls it, and they start their own business. And then all of a sudden, it's a completely different game. They don't realize the work of doing the work and the work of running a business is very, very different, very, very different skill set. So the book does a fantastic job of drawing these lines. And, and going back to our industry, I would say the vast majority of folks who are in our industry came to be owners in exactly the process that you just described. So, so with that, like, how did you come to identify and articulate this concept of a technician versus a manager versus the entrepreneur and all of owners, you know, so clearly in the first place, like what gave you that, you know, how did you come to identify that? Well, it just came to me. I was asked by um, my then now brother-in-law who owned a small um, um, advertising agency. If I would visit one of his clients who was having difficulty converting the leads his agency was creating for them into sales. And this client is a high tech client in Silicon Valley. This is years ago. This is before I ever started. And I told my brother-in-law what I would have said to anybody who asked me to do that. Um, I don't know anything about business because I didn't. And I certainly don't know anything about, in quotes, high tech. Um, (laughs) And so I said to him, so how in the world can I help him? He said, don't worry, Michael. You know more than you think you do. Um, Just meet with Bob and let's see what happens. Sure. I agreed I would meet with Bob to see what happens. And Ace introduces me to Bob and uh, Bob asked me the natural question. So, Michael, what do you know about my business? Nothing, Bob. Um, I looked disgruntled. He says, so what do you know about my product? And I said, less than that, Bob. So if you don't know anything about my business and you don't know anything about my product, how in the world can you help me? I said, well, ask Ace. Ace is the one who convinced me to come here and talk to you. And Ace said, look, guys, I'm taking off for an hour. Uh, just get to know each other. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> so Ace, Ace flips out. And I'm sitting looking at Bob, and Bob's looking at me, and we've got an hour to kill. So I started that interview um, with the very real certainty in my mind that, one, I didn't know anything about business, and two, Bob did because he owned one. So what in the world could I possibly do but ask Bob questions? So that's what the interview started. I began to ask Bob questions and then another question and then another question and then another question and then another question. What I began to discover is that Bob's answers to my questions were all anecdotal. That effectively I began to discover that Bob didn't know anything about business either. <laughs> he was making that went along. Yeah. And I asked more questions, and the more questions I asked, I suddenly began to understand that I did know something about business. I knew that selling is a system. And I knew that because I had once worked selling encyclopedias door to door in my younger um, life. And the way I learned how to sell encyclopedias was to memorize the script that they gave me. And then to do it and do it and do it and do it and identically the same way every single time, door to door to door to door. And the script was the system. And I exercised that system until I became eloquent 
with that system. And there was no gap between me and that system itself to the point where I excelled. So you understand, I started to sell encyclopedias without any knowledge about sales, without any knowledge about communication, without any knowledge about business, about anything, whatever. I was simply a raw, uninformed student who said, okay, teach me. And the sales manager taught me. Well, I had forgotten all about that, but as I'm sitting in front of Bob, who's got sales engineers out doing whatever sales engineers do, sales engineers, because if they didn't have sales experience, how could they help them? Engineers, if they didn't know about the product, how could they help them? And none of those experiences led them to create the selling system that was crucial to Bob's success or failure in his business. And so I went to work on Bob's business because Bob asked me if I could create that system. And of course, Bob, And there I was in my first business job, in my first business career move to create a selling system for Bob, selling a product I didn't understand in a business I didn't understand. And every single step I took from that moment forward led me to understand that there wasn't a system for selling, just like there wasn't a system for accounting, just like there wasn't a system for management, just like there wasn't a system for any of the most important functions that had to exist systemically at the core of his operating business. And the E-Myth was born. So uh, one of the things, uh, well, you know, Donnie, you preach about scripts all the time in sales, right? And if, if you won't stay stick by my script, then then we're going to have a problem. Uh, kind of interesting. So we'd like to think that most of our listeners are relatively uh, savvy and pretty much have a baseline understanding of the EMIT principles. Um, they need to be working on the business, not in the business. By the way, if for anybody who doesn't know who invented that term or that, that phrase, it was Michael. That was the first time work on your business and not in your business. And that, that uh, kind of put it together. But they know that they need systems and that they've implemented them in many cases. So, Michael, in your opinion, um, once they know this much, what's the next step to further controlling all that chaos so that they can create a, a consistent experience for their customers, staff and other stakeholders? Well, Dan, when you say once they know all that stuff, Big assumption. You're taking a leap into the Velterheim, Dan. They know all that stuff. They don't know all that stuff. Yeah. So what I defined in my latest E-Myth book, I don't believe you've read it. It's called Beyond the E-Myth, the evolution of an enterprise from a company of one to a company of 1,000. I describe what I call today the eightfold path. And the eightfold path is what you need to introduce to every single one of your clients. Because until they understand the eightfold path, they don't understand anything. So I'm going to give you an introduction to the eightfold path here. What are the eight steps that must be taken? Absolutely must be taken to reincorporate every single one of those client companies 
as a company of one to grow it to a company of 1,000. Hear me, ambition, 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 ambition. But it's the process that one applies the e-myth methodology to the growth of a great growing company. So the first step in the eightfold path is called the dream. So write that down, the dream. The second is called the vision. The third is called the purpose. And the fourth is called the mission. Hear the small business owner saying, I have a dream, I have a vision, I have a purpose, I have a mission. Now understand the dream, the vision, the purpose, and the mission come about because in my definition of an entrepreneur, I talk about the four critical personalities of an entrepreneur. And those four critical personalities must be brought into play if anything intelligent is going to happen in that company. And when I say intelligent, I mean if anything that is going to lead to growth, great growing reality, that those four must play a part in that process. Those four personalities are the dreamer, the thinker, the storyteller, and the leader. An entrepreneur is a dreamer, a thinker, a storyteller, and a leader. The dreamer has a dream, the thinker has a vision, the storyteller has a purpose, and the leader has a mission. You don't have to remember all this because you can buy the book Beyond the E-Myth, The Evolution of an Enterprise from a company of one to a company of 1,000. You'll find all of this defined in that book. You'll also find it defined in the book, I don't know whether you've read it or not, my book called Awakening the Entrepreneur Within. So the dream of the thinker, the storyteller, the leader. That's the foundation for building, designing, building, launching, and growing a great growing company. So that has to happen first. Step one, step two, step three, step four. Every single one of your clients has to say, I got a dream. Read the book, you'll understand how that is reached. I have a dream. My dream was to transform the state of small business worldwide. My vision was to invent the McDonald's of small business development services. My purpose was that every small business owner could be as successful as a McDonald's franchisee if they followed our tutelage, our system. And our mission was to invent the business development system that would make it possible for us to realize our dream, our vision, and our purpose. Do you get it? That's the foundation for growing a company. So the next step is the job. So what's the job? The job is a company of one. The job is a client fulfillment system. So every single one of your clients, every single one of your companies must design, build, launch, and grow their client fulfillment system. The client fulfillment system by which they do the service they deliver to their clients. That must be turnkey. It must be written down. It must be operation manual for who they are and what they do and how they do it and why they do it and when they do it and where they do it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The client fulfillment system must be turnkey. You got that. Without that, there is no franchise. Without that, there is no 
business that can possibly grow. And I was going to say, Michael, this is such a critical point that you're making. And, and I remember this one was pretty impactful for me when I read the original E-Myth. And it's this whole idea that you're, even though you, you may not, you know, people think franchise, they think of McDonald's, they think of, you know, whatever. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, you don't necessarily have to turn into McDonald's, but you, you hands down, you cannot deny the effectiveness of McDonald's as a business and you have to view your business as if it were a franchise and that mindset of making everything repeatable, being super consistent, being super organized, that is really as an owner, that's what you're doing. That's your job. It's like the business is, is like the business. I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying, but like, you know, the business is exactly what you were building. It's not necessarily, the service delivery part is a component. It's not the component. Um, well, so that's, the first thing. that's the job. Yeah. The next step is the practice. So you understand this is an evolution. We're going from the dream to the vision, to the purpose, to the mission, to the job in the client fulfillment system. Now we're going to the practice and the client acquisition system. But until you've built the client fulfillment system, you doesn't go out and build a client acquisition system because it will come crashing down. <laughs> right. That's the truth. Yeah. Now the client acquisition system plus the client fulfillment system is your franchise prototype. So the practice is your franchise prototype. Lead generation, lead conversion, client fulfillment. The three-legged stool of every franchise the three-legged stool of every small business, the three-legged stool that must be turnkey. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. This is who we are because this is how a brand is built. It's my client fulfillment system. It's my client acquisition system. It's my turnkey capability to deliver on time, every time, exactly as promised, through every single person who pretends to be a part of our company. Without that, you can't build anything. Without that, you'll note you can't build a business. So after the practice, we now go to the business. So here's the definition of a business according to Gerber. A business is nothing other than up to seven turnkey practices plus a turnkey management system. A business is nothing other than up to seven turnkey practices plus a turnkey management system. What's a practice? The chiropractor, the attorney, the accountant, the lawn care guy, the pet care guy, the name it, the chiropractor. Makes no difference what vertical market it's in, makes no difference what service it's being delivered much makes no difference what the product is this is the methodology through which you assure yourself that you can build it to grow it so we start with a job we move to a practice we move to a business building it designing it building it launching it growing it each and every step of the way when we're done building our business prototype we now launch our enterprise and an enterprise is nothing other than up to seven turnkey businesses, meaning 
49 turnkey practices, 49 lawn care guys, 49 chiropractors, 49 bookkeepers, 40, you follow what I'm saying, it doesn't matter what the market is, you name it. It's so clear, so absolutely clear that anybody can do it, plus a turnkey leadership system. So we have a dream, we have a vision, we have a purpose, we have a mission, we've got a job and a client fulfillment system, we've got a practice, which is our franchise prototype, and we've got a business built upon that, and we've got an enterprise built upon that. And that's the core methodology through which you apply the evening. No matter what the business might be, no matter where they happen to be today, you started anew. So do you do the fulfillment and the uh, acquisition concurrently or you build the fulfillment how do you know when you've built it big enough to handle the, you build the uh, fulfillment first mm -hmm. until you've got a client fulfillment system until you've got a way you deliver your service don't go out and sell it but once you have a client fulfillment system you now can create your client acquisition system because you've got a product to sell What's your product to sell? How we do what we do here, who we are. And how do you know what capacity to build the fulfillment at before you create the acquisition? So you're not building the fulfillment around capacity. You're building the fulfillment around capability. One client, one client, okay. one mm -hmm. client, one client. You learn about capacity as you begin to fill the stream of your client fulfillment services capability, your first lawn care guy, your second lawn care guy, your third lawn care guy, your fourth lawn care guy, how many clients can a lawn care guy serve? I don't know yet. Let's find out. I don't know yet. Let's find out. I don't know yet. Let's find out. Everything is, I don't know. Let's find out. I don't know. Let's find out every single step of the way. It's an investigation looking into the potential and the possibility of creating a turnkey capability that can be scaled exponentially. And that's why McDonald's is such an extraordinary exemplar. That's why Starbucks is such an extraordinary exemplar. How did they learn to become the great growing enterprises they've become by doing exactly what I'm talking about? Exactly what I'm talking about. Not sort of, but exactly what I'm talking about. You can't grow a company without doing this. Cannot. So there, there's there's a lot of people who enter this industry, as Donnie said, because they work for somebody else and they said, geez, I could do this by myself and, and then I get in. And there are a lot of people uh, like that. So what do you say to the guy who's done that, goes into business, realizes that you know I am a technician and that's what I want to be I can't handle all of these other um, uh, you know other things that I have to do um, and rather I, I'd rather be doing the business rather than working on the business and creating the system should that person just close up shop and, yep. and just become an employee again yep Dan close up shop <laughs> it's living hell yeah, yeah yeah it's living hell and it never gets any better, it only gets worse. Mm -hmm. Because he or she gets older. The, the truth of her, huh? They're less capable of dealing with a, 
conflict that arise from doing it, doing it, doing it, busy, 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 busy. There is no future in what he set out to do, no matter how stubbornly he's determined to persist in trying to do it. There is no future in it. None, absolutely none other than unmitigated disaster. Now think about this. 70% of all startups fail in their first year. 70% 70% of all startups fail in their first year. 97% of all small, small businesses will fail by their fifth year. Think about that. Mm -hmm. So there is no future in it. None, zero, zilch. <laughs> it's very black and white. Well, yeah. It is black and white, but not because I say it's black and white. It's black and white because it is black and white. Yeah. Yeah. You and can only go through this experience as many times as I've gone through this experience, tens upon tens upon tens of thousands of times having this conversation with Mr. Stupid. So hear me, I call him Mr. Stupid, not in a nasty way, just simply saying he is stupid. <laughs> and you've got, you've got to be Mr. Smart, not Mr. Smart ass. You've got to be Mr. Smart. You've got to be the guy who tells the truth. And that's all well, I'm telling the truth. And just to clarify this for our listeners, I just want to be clear what Michael's saying here, because I think it's an essential point, which is if you love the technical work, Owning a business is like taking two full-time jobs on. And so now, instead of you having one responsibility of doing the technician work or the technical work really, really well, you also have another, which is not a part-time job, it's a full-time job of running the business. And so basically what you're doing is you're signing up for twice the work for essentially the same pay, if not less pay that you would make if you went to work for someone else. And so really being clear that once you start a business, you are not the technician. Now you may be at the very beginning, but but you know that you need to get out of that as quickly as possible because the fact is that if you're out doing the technical work, um, I, I think Michael's 100% correct. It it is it is a road to nowhere. Um, so so I have another. And Donnie, what you're sharing with them, understand that in quotes, once they get out of the technician's role, they now are taking on the role of a manager. And understand the role of a manager is a completely new job. Yep. The role of a manager is different than the role of the technician. And the work of a manager is different than the work of the technician. That's why I wrote the book called The E-Myth Manager. What is an E-Myth Manager? How does an E-Myth Manager organize the company to work? And all of that is profoundly communicated in the process that I describe in Beyond the E-Myth, the evolution of an enterprise from a company of one to a company of 1,000. So the most important thing you can say to them all is get smart, learn. They have to go to school, go to school to learn exactly what must be done in order to move from the role of a technician to the role of the manager to the role of the entrepreneur the three critical functions within every operating company, the role of the technician, the role of the manager, the role of the entrepreneur. And they have to learn the key component parts of each of those functions, but they have to 
take on the role of the entrepreneur from day one, from get-go, from right now, from as we're speaking to them. Because the entrepreneur is the creator. The entrepreneur is what Walt Disney called the imagineer. The entrepreneur is the one who envisions the entirety of this enterprise, the dream, the vision, the purpose, the mission, the job, the practice, the business, the enterprise. You got me? Yep. Yeah. No, I 100% I agree with that. I want to agree with that. Let's switch gears here for a second, Michael, because I'm sure you're fully aware and, and, and in our industry, it, it is almost to emerge. Yeah, well, I'd say every industry, but specifically in field service. You know, there's there's no secret that staffing is probably one of the most difficult challenges that both the pest and lawn industries are facing today. And, you know, obviously, we're not the only industries that are struggling here uh, to find and keep really great employees. But my question to you is, is, you know, what's your take on how business owners should tackle this issue right now? And, you know, what, what kind of advice can you give them to, to do all that they can or to at least try to mitigate this a bit? Well, understand the reason they have difficulty, you have difficulty staffing, is because your people don't know how to tell a story. In short, there is no story at the heart of their business other than I want to, how do you like a job? 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 I need a guy who wants a job. I need a guy who wants a job. I need a guy who wants to go to work. That boring, 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 terrible, unmitigated, stupid story. Effectively, <laughs> telling, but it's of absolutely no there's no compelling quality to that story. Let me um, turn this off. You, you follow what I'm saying? So they need a story, but you understand, um, I have a dream, it's a story. I have a vision, it's a story. I have a purpose, it's a story. I have a mission, it's a story. And that's why I say the foundation of creating their company is to go back and learn how to start it all over again. So in short, I'm saying instead of starting right now to fix a broken business, what they effectively have to do is to start their business all over again from the very beginning. How do you do that? Very simply, read the book. I have a dream. I have a vision. I have a purpose. I have a mission. I hate to keep on repeating the very same thing, but understand the eightfold path is the key to the solution to every problem that your guys face every single day. So let me put you on the spot here. Let's say you owned a lawn care or pest control company. Can you give me the dream right now to, 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 recruit, to recruit employees? No, the dream isn't to recruit. My dream is to transform the state of pest control worldwide. My dream is to transform the state of pest control worldwide. So you understand, how do I do that? Well, first, secondly, I have a vision. My vision is to invent the McDonald's of the pest control industry. How do I invent the McDonald's of the pest control industry? I build a franchise prototype that will enable me to deliver my services to a degree that will differentiate me from everybody else in the industry just like Ray Kroc did at McDonald's. It's called the Golden Arches, stupid. It works, so I don't have to. It works, so I don't have to. I'll say it one last time. It works, so I don't have to. But how do I do that? 
I do that by building a business development system. What's a business development system? It's the methodology through which I go out into the world to communicate my story. Again and again and again and again. So you understand I'm designing, building, launching, and growing this enterprise. And so when you ask me these questions, every single one of your questions is answered in the process that I've just shared with you. But you don't start it from the end of that process. You start it from the beginning of that process. Because until there's a dream, there can't be a vision. Until there's a vision, there can't be a purpose. Until there's a purpose, there can't be a mission. Until there's a dream, a vision, a purpose, and a mission, there can't be a job. Until there's a job, there can't be a practice. Until there's a practice, there can't be a business. Until there's a business, there can't be an enterprise. Every single one of these steps precede the one that follows. That's why I call it the Eightfold Path. This is as clear and as immutable as anything on the planet could ever possibly be. It is the core of how Ray Kroc built McDonald's. It's the core about how the guy built Starbucks. It's the core about how Steve Jobs built Apple. It's the core for every great growing enterprise on the planet. So it sounds like you need a, a very uh, diverse uh, skill set. But what skills, uh, if you had to choose, say, three of the top skills that you need, what, you know, what skills or attributes should the average business owner seek to improve right now? I have a dream. What is it? I have a vision. What is it? I have a purpose. What is it? I have a mission. What is it? I have a client fulfillment system. What is it? Hear me. I'm not going to speak to skills. I'm going to speak to outcome. Every single person on this planet can do what I'm describing, provided they're willing to do the work. But until they're willing to do the work, forget it. We can talk skills until I'm blue in my face. We can talk about everything and anything that's being discussed in the marketplace by every stupid provider of stupid services in the marketplace. <laughs> Presumably, they are to teach people how to become successful, how to become successful, how to become financially independent. All of it lie, 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 lie. Lies because none of it works. And if it works, it's an accident. What I'm describing has been built over a half of a century, applying this, applying this, applying this to the world I call the smallest of the small. I'm talking about that little guy out there doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. He's my sweet spot. She's my sweet spot. Sarah is the person I created my lexicon upon, through, with, by applying it religiously. And by religiously, hear me, I mean religiously in every single case, in every single industry. So that's why I can say to you, the co-author of my book, The E-Myth HVAC Contractor, Ken Goodrich, tells me, I read your book, The E-Myth Revisited, 39 times. I've applied it religiously to my company. 
I went from failure by failing the business my dad left me, the business I started to work for him in when I was 10 years old, holding his flashlight, you get it, et cetera, and so forth. I should have turned his phone off before he ever got on. But yeah. you're right. That's all. That's all right. But you yeah. got my point. Yeah. Yeah. He read well, 39 times and he did it and he did it and he did it and he did it. And his HVAC company today is producing over 150 million in annual revenue on its way to 200 million, on its way to a billion. Scalable, 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 because he's done this by rote done this by rote in exactly the way I'm describing it to you. That's such a critical point. And, and, and it's so overlooked when, when people, you know, sometimes people start a business as a way to escape, you know, their current situation with no idea or no vision of what it's going to be and how to connect people back to the purpose. And so thank you. Thank you very much for, for sharing that. We're, we're running out of time here and I want to close with one final question. Um, and I think it's an important one. You know, one of the things that I have realized as I've aged, and I'm not I'm not an old man, but I'm not a young man either. And I've been around the business block quite a few times now, is that the more business books I read, the less information is actually presented. And, and you know, and I E-Myth was really a pivotal book for me. I, I, I consider it a gem. Uh, it, it landed in my lap at a time when I really, really needed it. And, and I did the same thing. I, I fully went 100% in with the e system uh, at Triangle uh, at that business and, and implemented it. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're cruising right along. So, so my question to you is, there always seems to be a flavor of the day when it comes to business books, flavor of the day when it comes to business systems. You know, there are definitely multiple systems out there that, that talk about the importance of systemizing your business and prioritizing goals and tasks and those types of things. How does the E-Myth differ from these? And if a listener wants to get inf more information in addition to reading the book, is there a website that they can go to to, to find out more? Oh, there absolutely is. But let me go even one step further. Um, we're about to launch what I call the new dreaming room. The new dreaming room is the place where every single one of your clients, every single one of the people you work with, every single person within your industries um, can truly discover what we've just been talking about, their dream, their vision, their purpose, and their mission. And in the new dreaming room, which is where I share the dream, the vision, the purpose and the mission and the process through which one goes through to discover what those are, to create the foundation for growth. When that happens, your folks will be instantly mesmerized by the possibility of becoming true entrepreneurs. You understand until they understand and truly can relate to the difference between becoming a true entrepreneur and doing it, doing it, doing it, busy, 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 busy. Nothing is going to change in their business. Nothing. They'll be looking for skills. And so they go to a skills guy. They're looking for a system. So they go to a system guy. But they won't understand the reason for any of it. And until they understand the reason for all of it, nothing else will happen. 
So I'm going to suggest you guys go to https colon slash slash thenewdreamingroom.com. Open it up. You'll immediately see it. You'll immediately understand it. And you'll immediately appreciate it. And then let's go out and get a whole bunch of folks dreaming with a vision, with a purpose, with a mission. And something absolutely staggering is going to blow your minds and blow their minds and produce something just like it's produced for you when you read the E-Myth the dozen times that you did. How does that sound? That's outstanding. That's outstanding. That's well, Michael, this has been fantastic. And I want to first and foremost thank you for taking some time to chat with Dan and I. And, and again, just say how amazing um, the E-Myth has been such an impact and such an influence uh, on my development as a business leader. Definitely. And especially in my business. And so I just want to thank you for doing that. And thank you for your contribution to small business. I think it has been, it, it has made a huge impact in my life. So Dan, any parting thoughts before we close up here? No, I, I think what we discussed was so interesting. It's, uh, it, it's got to be top of mind. Everybody's trying to build their business. And, um, you know, sometimes you get involved with the day to day and all the problems, but uh, you got to keep the big picture in mind. And, uh, Michael, it's it's been terrific. I really, really enjoyed it. And I want to thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Thank you, Donnie. Take care. All right. Talk to thank you soon. Thanks, guys. And just a reminder for everyone, we will be linking out um, resources from this show on PMPNGCinsider.com. We'll put a link out to the E-Myth. We'll also put a link out to the Dreaming Room that, that Michael talked about. And, and just kind of, we'll also have some notes here from the show. And just a reminder, if you enjoyed this show or this podcast, please rate and review us on Apple or Spotify, however it is that you consume the podcast. And with that, we're going to close this one down. It's been a great, uh, it's been a great podcast and great chat with Michael and Dan. And with that, we're going to sign out. Everyone take care. Okay. <laughs>